0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, presented by UberliftDrivers.com. and RideshareRodeo.com. I'm your host, SJ, and uh, well, it's time to get it on. So let's, let's start tonight by, I, I really want to discuss something that um, oft, all too often it happens on both sides um sexual abuse um uh killing a driver killing a passenger and we always hear about the passengers and we sometimes catch a little wind of the drivers but um this isn't about that i'm not trying to uh, be a martyr about that today i just found two very interesting story ties together and um well, let me just say them and let's let's see. I'll, I'll tell you how I felt about them anyway. In the last 10 days, um, we have had two Lyft drivers shot in this country. Um, and that maybe, you know, to some people that's shocking. Uh, even before the pandemic, it wasn't always. But that, I mean, sometimes we'd see three or four in three weeks and then we wouldn't see any for a while. So, I mean... They just do happen, but the 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 commonality here is very strange. Um, one of the the first shooting that happened almost ten days ago was uh, here in my um, in my city, my market, Denver, Colorado, and uh, the Lyft driver was shot. And I'm going to come back to this. And then the other one that just happened happened yesterday in Brookhaven, and same thing, Lyft driver shot. But now let me get to the tie of of why the two are t- are tied together is both incidents were com- were uh road rage now when i first was going to talk about this today i was you know it's a little strange because i i put out something i put I, 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 bo- all these articles folks are always up on uberliftdrivers.com you can go find them there um, you can find other source info to take you further to expand your mind on some of these things within the articles Um, Just go check it out, you know, especially after you listen to the podcast because um, I had a couple people email me who have told me that after the podcast, it's been really helpful to go to UberLiftDrivers.com and just scroll down the articles because they'll remember the ones that they wanted wanted to read about from the podcast. And that makes sense. I was glad to hear that. So I thought I'd pass that along. But regardless, um, both of these shootings were tied to road rage. Okay. Um, I put that out on Twitter because I posted one of the articles and I, you know, uh, a person I know on Twitter, um, you know, often comments about ride share and gig economy market, um, seems to have a, a good head on his shoulders. Um, he mentioned, you know, road rage takes two. And first of all, I, I, I kind of agree with him. I mean, it does take two, um, or, usually you know usually there are exceptions but um the lift driver who was shot here in Denver had two passengers in the back seat when the road rage situation happened and the truck that was pull- driving behind him like right on his bumper came around him and then uh shot him so that was not a two-way road rage so it does not always have to be road rage. The other one, I, I can't really speak for it. I just started seeing the articles today, um, and there's really, it's just, they're the kind of articles that are like uh, a sentence. Each paragraph is a sentence, and there's like four paragraphs. So there's four sentences. So, and there's still, and the police are still looking for our, um, information on that one. So, again, I think we have a link. Yeah, we do have a link for that up on the website, uberliftdrivers.com, too, um, which has the police info in case you do have uh, information on that one. That one still has a lot of unknowns. Um, but I did want to talk about this because what I first noticed when I saw the Denver one and the road rage and I read it, and then I read a couple other articles that all said the same tune, um, you know, I thought at first same thing I was told on Twitter today, maybe, you know, maybe they were both road raging and did he have passengers? Well, then I saw an article that said he did have passengers. The passengers confirmed his story, Um, so I feel like that one happened that way. The other one, and, uh, I don't know. I, the first tie I had to these stories, even the left one, but when this one, other one came out that I saw from, uh, Brookhaven, it reminded me of the Denver one first. And then I was thinking of the two and right away, same thoughts came back of, you know, I feel like it's like covid Like, this is COVID-related. I don't think that... Because I've seen everything and everything. In my six years of driving rideshare, I mean, if I haven't seen it firsthand, I've seen the news. And I've been doing UberLiftDrivers.com for almost four years. So I've been reporting that news and sharing everything. I mean, that timeline's pretty tight. And we really don't see road rage tied to violence with rideshare usually the violence sadly is between the passenger and the driver or the driver and the passenger Um, it's usually not i mean sometimes maybe we've heard of people getting you know um an occasional carjack um where they're not they're not hurt or maybe like just somebody running up to the window and saying give me your wallet and running away and leaving them their car (coughs) there's a <clears throat> there's a lot of that but we don't see a lot of road rage and even i've seen it lately i mean people on the highway here it's usually just the motorcycles that are just way crazy but people have been like right up on your tail and you can there's no reason there's like an open lane next to me it's just i know it's they're not paying attention but i just feel like covid is getting to people in so many different ways Like, and I just wanted to bring it around to this to even to the point of road rage, you know, I mean, it's just everything. (laughs) So anyway, let me move on to this next uplifting story. (laughs) Oops, (laughs) just kidding. Um, So we have an Uber driver this week who took, who accepted a ride from the Bronx, New York. To Vero Beach, Florida. Now, all of us veteran drivers know that that's not allowed. You can, I don't know if it's the same in other states as it is here in Colorado, but they don't like us going to like um, from Denver to Telluride. So, like, you can go Denver to Aspen or Denver to Vail or Denver to Steamboat or Denver to a lot of others, but you can't go Denver to Crested Butte or Denver to Telluride. Or Denver to Purgatory ski resorts. There's certain ones that are so far they they won't let you do it, and it's I think it's set by a mile. It's like 250 miles or something into the mountains, or 300 on the on the on the um, on the flat range on the front range here. So, um, but regardless, let's say it's your whole state, whatever. So we're talking about New York. I mean, a few questions. A why why did Uber allow this passenger? in New York to request a ride to Vero Beach um, because it should have said that should spit out the same output or should spit out an output to the passenger requesting the ride so that the driver never even sees it. I mean, you don't want to wet a driver's whistle about a long trip like that, and it, it's not allowed. Now, most drivers, <coughs> I would think, If they got this and they saw, well, hey, they're sending it out, I can take it, and they wanted it, they would just take it. Well, this guy took it, but he called Uber, and he said, hey, I've been a veteran driver for a while, you know, like, is this okay? Because I don't think I'm supposed to go this far. And between the passenger, the driver, and an Uber representative, they got it worked out, and he was allowed to do the ride. So he was going to be allowed to take these passengers from the Bronx to Vero Beach. And the reason being, too, folks, was that... Um, These people normally, they have a Vero Beach house, they live in New York. Um, They wanted to fly. However, given the state of COVID and everything, they didn't want to fly. So this was a first time for them, too. They were just saying, hey, could we take an Uber? Um, So, I don't know, I guess... You know, then Uber okayed it. I thought, so far I'm reading the story, I'm thinking this is really cool, you know. I didn't know that Uber was back to letting those kind of long trips happen again or whatever. And 10 hours into the ride, the app said, pull over uh, for 12 hours. You've been driving 12 hours. No, he hadn't. He'd been driving 10. It told him to pull over and it ended the ride. Now, you'd think that he could just call back and get that ride accepted because now, remember, 10 hours into this trip, he's not in his state anymore, so he can't turn Uber on. Now, there was a time when Uber and Lyft, you could turn them on anywhere, and every market would pretty much let you turn on and drive, and then Uber got away from that big time and security protocoled that. Um, Lyft still had a thing, and I know there was a guy who tested it and drove across the country, driving in a bunch of cities all along the way. But that was years ago and I I would imagine it lift would be the same way. But this, regardless, this is an Uber ride. And I know Uber, you can't turn on another state. So there you go. So unless you're like a New York city driver who is allowed to drive in Jersey and Connecticut or there are there are allowances for states that are close together where they allow that kind of thing. But the platform overall won't let you turn on in New York, go to Florida and in Georgia, after a break, turn back on in Georgia and then let these people request a driver and get you. So it was a whole to-do, and they figured, no worries. We'll call the person, uh, we'll call Uber Support back and just say, hey, this was this was okay. what's up? And um, little to say that, first of all, he had another two hours in him. I don't know how, how close that puts them to Vero Beach um, or if it even you know i am trying to think because I know it's a it's a ways but I don't think it's that far from Vero Beach to New York like i'm in I'm in Denver, Colorado, and for me to get to my hometown in Lansing, Michigan, it takes me nineteen hours now don't ask me how and don't ask me how I drive through Nebraska, but I know that it takes me nineteen hours <laughs> um, but regardless. He was 10 hours in. They said, take the break. Anyway, had to call, get the whole thing fixed, got these people to Vero Beach, ended both the trips after the pain in the rear of having to contact Uber, have these passengers have to deal with it, too. Um, he turns off everything. He gets paid $200. So now he has to do this whole thing of taking it up with Uber, and I think they've fixed it. If not, they've at least promised him they will, and they've done it publicly, so I am a doubter of Uber promises, but I'm guessing that they are planning on it, obviously. Um, but we'll see. I saw a lot of articles out there on this, and there's some up on UberLiftDrivers.com, so check it out. Okay, next. Um, so last week I was telling you guys about uh, the final appeal of the London uh, rideshare license. So they... um. Uber had been extended while they were waiting for this final appeal to operate while they waited for the final appeal. Now, I think I mentioned last week, and I stand and I'm, I'm still, you know, think this. I'm, I'm quite even though it's Uber and they have a way of paying things off and making them work out last minute. I'm awfully surprised to see that they actually won this last appeal because this was a court case that I followed um, just because of the way the UK handles its ride share a little different. Um, it's security c- protocols a little different. I find that stuff kind of interesting. So I was following, um, this and, and how it was being handled. And I really reading everything I had read, I was really convinced that I wasn't treating it anymore like a United States court. I was like, they might lose this. They might lose their license for good. Well, it was like an 11th hour thing. Like we always see. And, uh, um, they showed up and and uh, the ju- and they did their thing and it could have gone on for a while but the judge said that he would have a ruling and gave a date, which was like seven days out from the second court day of the five they had scheduled to be there and he was already ready to make a ruling but he put the date way out there and I thought that was weird too I'll I'll have it by this date and then he came back and gave the ruling that they can operate there for eighteen more months while they continue to show progress and safety standard upgrades. So we'll see about that. Um, But what I did want to point out is there's some follow-up information that I was finding and found this week just because I had heightened my London and United Kingdom um, rideshare knowledge, and I always am. I'm always looking into other countries and how it's handled and stuff. It interests me, but... um, but it was it was funny cuz now i'm seeing a couple other things happen so about 2 a week after or no not not even well yeah it would be a week after the uber appeal decision came down that said you guys can operate here for 18 months and then at that time we'll reevaluate and see if you can stay or if you will lose your license so i guess it's probably in my mind i'm thinking now it's going to be an 18 month process all the time so it's not like they're on this other it's not like they're on super uh you guys better not screw up at all at all or else you're done even though that probably is the case but i'm thinking that after 18 months they're going to sign another 18 months i don't think it's going to end for ever or a long time <clears throat> but let's let me focus on this so about a week maybe a couple days less than a week after that was done um the rideshare company ola who also operates in the uk and london lost their license and are banned to operate in the in the city of london and in the uk so i need to do a little more digging because i need to know what ola did that's worse than uber um Uh, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Anyway, two more points on London while I'm there. (coughs) While I'm across the pond. So London starts uh, um, Uber fixed price model this week. I got to say that I was a little thrown by that because I guess even though I, I read all this news on the UK and London and things, I thought they were already at the fixed pricing model and from what I saw today, not only does it start, but this is the first time they've used it over there. So this is going to be interesting. Um, I know how we all felt, not just drivers, but passengers, um, and, and that it really didn't benefit, I don't know, uh, maybe they learned enough here in the States Uber to be able to do it over there or try it a different in a different way i don't know. I would sure hope they don 't come out of the gates they did the way they did with fixed pricing here in the states because as we all saw that was um if you were around for that, especially if you were on the driver's side, you know, the passenger side was one thing you know you could see different rates for different cars, and you know maybe that made it easier for you and you knew it was just a flat rate um, but no as a passenger, you were essentially paying more and if the driver took a different route that fixed pricing rate would go up because uber would change that um there's we've been through a lot with that but we'll see um i was just surprised that a they're bringing it for the first time in london and b that this is something they view as a good idea in london but we'll see maybe they were maybe that was part of their problems. Was um, being too much like the taxi services and just open end uh charging. I don't I don't know. I'm gonna need to keep following that one. So it's on the radar. It's on the rideshare rodeo radar. Um and the last thing, so another and another big piece of news actually. So Uber is sharing uh data uh sharing driver data with Driver and passenger data. Driver, yeah. Driver and passenger data. Data with police in London and in the UK now. So it's not even if there's an incident, it's called in. Somebody tried to um, hit on their driver, or the driver tried to hit on their passenger, and it's a charge being filed. It's not that the police can go access that. The police have real time data coming in now um it's pretty crazy because we don't like uber having our data and if you remember um two years two christmases ago three christmases ago in two months so you know two years and 10 months ago in december we uh had a data breach from uber and 58 million accounts were hacked um, and there's a lot of controversy around that as well, but, um, to give, now I don't know what the amount of drivers and passengers is over in the United Kingdom and in London specifically, but whatever it is there, the police will have that same data bank that they do. So let's say it's 10 million over there and it's probably more, but let's say it's 10 the police is going to have a, da- a database on 10 million. So, and it's not a big brother thing I'm worried about. I'm worried about cyber hacks And what this means. I mean, this is two different servers now holding your data. I don't know. We should all be worried enough when just Uber has it, but um, I don't live in London. So (laughs) if anybody over in London, and I know we got listeners, um, we have had um, over 100 London listens, and we have had 46 unique London uh, uh, listens, london area um unique ip addresses so obviously a couple of pe- a few people have listened to a couple of the episodes and uh, if any of you know any more about this please email me at 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 gmail.com hit up the website uberliftdrivers.com and hit contact or uh, go to rideshare rodeo.com. um any any will do you can just contact us through any of the social media outlets that are on com. <laughs> um, okay, so... All right, this is big, this is big. Um, the Seattle... Uh, Seattle has passed uh, a minimum wage on uh most gig based platforms and here's how i'll describe it this i i want to i want to separate this first though the seattle minimum wage that and let's just say on rideshare for right now but it's on other gigs too but let's focus on uber and lyft because it absolutely does apply to both of them um there's there's an article up on UberLyftDrivers.com. it's been posted in the last day or two so it's up near the top um check it out on this if you want to delve further but this is not this seattle minimum wage for rideshare drivers is not modeled on ab5 from california again not modeled on ab5 from california that's a totally different way of going about things this minimum wage for seattle is actually mirrored almost exactly of the new york city um minimum wage that was that was enacted last year in 2019 and well so here's what happened it passed for 16 dollars an hour for um for rideshare drivers that work for businesses with more than 500 employees so again they passed this but this will be based on if in january Seattle can pass, or Washington and Seattle can pass uh, drivers, gig workers being employees, and they haven't even started their run. Now, that's where it's a little like AB5, but it's not. They now claim themselves to be the second city, which they are, New York City, now Seattle, um, to have uh, pushed through a minimum wage for drivers, $16 an hour, for businesses with more than 500 employees. Now, um, I'm going to give you an Uber and a Lyft spokesman. Well, no, not an Uber, but you'll like it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you C.J. Macklin Lyft spokesman's quote uh, in, r- immediately following this determination is this means a minimal 4,000 drivers in the Seattle area will lose their job. 4,000 drivers in the Seattle area will lose their job or, or the ability to work the platform. So now we, now we'll hear the naysayers saying, no, that's not true. That's not how it has to happen again. People, it's their business outside of like these type of restrictions that get thrown around and rules and laws and, um, how these are handled they have every right to do whatever they want within legal right limits of running a company they can leave your state they can leave your city so of course not and in fact i'm going to propose the same thing to you that i proposed to uh california which is it is you know maybe that is a milestone for you maybe 16 dollars an hour is what you want to earn because that is what you'll earn now I and mean, you If you used to get, you know, if you used to work twenty hours a week and work three nights, and you knew on those nights you made twenty to twenty-five an hour, you'll probably make sixteen working those shifts now. So, I mean, when they do the the floor pay, they really don't have to tell you much. You have to accept every ride. Um, You have to be where they tell you to be. Uh, There's some pros. There's and there's a lot of cons. Go on the website, read up on a little more. But anyway, that quote that said, this means a minimal 4,000 drivers will lose their job or ability to work the platforms. From CJ Macklin, who's a Lyft spokesman. Um, The following part I'm going to read here is, when Uber was asked, Uber didn't comment. All they did is provide statistics uh, to... They they just, instead of answering the question, they provided statistics to what has happened in New York City, which is fewer passengers, higher rates, and, um, maximum drivers that can be on the platform at once. So you can't just go, I'm going to work right now and turn on anymore in New York. And it's been like that for a while. Seattle's version sounds like it's going to be even harsher. Um. Because they might not go to the model that they used in New York and do the, well, we'll just let people on the platform, and when we have enough, we won't let any more on. They might have to move to a um, either a franchise model or doing some kind of employee thing, or they might leave Seattle until um, January when Tacoma votes on it. That's what they threatened California with, and California folded the same day that they put out the threat. So um, we'll see. Um, but I, I, what I want to point out, though, is when Lyft spokesmen, when you, if you get like, oh, they just lie, I'm going to tell you something. When they say that 4,000 drivers will lose their jobs, that's probably about right. If you look at the amount of people in Seattle, I don't have a driver's stat, compared to the amount of people in New York City where they lost way more than 4,000 drivers. Um, so, I mean, if you do the breakdown and the per capita and all that kind of stuff, it wouldn't shock me if it was around there. I don't know. I, I would need to see how many drivers are currently on the road in the Seattle area. Um, but I would imagine losing 4,000 losing their opportunity to be able to work the platform is quite a big percentage of the drivers in the Seattle-Tacoma uh, area or the SeaTac area. See, even us Colorado people, we know your terms out there. I know CTEC. What up? All right, y'all. Just a couple more, just a few more stories, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up for the night. Um, you know, there's been uh, so much other news out there with the, with the president getting COVID and all the people um, around him getting COVID and everybody at the White House. And all the fears, and just you know, not the normal like one day news runs. But, um, the news has been just since the debate, I feel like all of last week was just taken up. But, I mean, there's still a lot of stories out there. There's some, uh, uh, next week, I definitely want to talk about Uber freight and I want to talk about the future of electric and driverless, possibly starting with freight. Like Uber Freight, however, being with other companies, I have one specifically in mind who has actually shown true data. They're the first ones to do that, and I will bring them up next week. Don't miss it. Um, <clears throat> but, okay, a few more things for tonight. So, I don't know if you saw this. Actually, this <laughs> is pretty funny. Um, so, because of the, if you remember, Grubhub was going to merge with Uber, right? And then it didn't work out. And it was kind of an Uber drop the ball, or as they claim, Grubhub wanted too much. But I didn't see the Grubhub price change, so I don't know that it was Grubhub. I I actually think that that was Uber not willing to meet wherever Grubhub wanted to meet. So regardless, Uber um, uh, teamed up with uh, was it Postmates? Why am I thinking it's not? I know it is. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Uh, Postmates. I'm just trying to blank. Um, but uh, so now, you know, Grubhub is still the leader of the three. But if you put Ubers 2 together, they come in front. So Lyft must have <laughs> really – Lyft did a pretty interesting move here. So Lyft and Grubhub have obviously – it's not a partnership, but made some kind of alliance or agreement or deal – because Lyft just, and I know it's this is only to Lyft Pink membership, and I know that there was barely anybody who had Pink membership. But Pink membership over the past couple weeks, which is if you're if you're not familiar, Lyft um, Pink membership is like um, you know the the elite stat of being a, a Lyft passenger who uses who uses the service often. And it does have some perks. And it started off just like a lot of these programs with some, but really nothing. In the last few weeks, they've added some decent perks, I mean, for the passenger side. And this week, as of today, Lyft Pink Membership uh, passengers now get free Grubhub delivery. So you have to pay for the food, but you never pay a delivery fee through Grubhub through a Lyft in a partnership. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Um, it's pretty pretty amazing. It also kind of leads me to believe that Grubhub was once in play to be bought. Is this a potential merger with Lyft then? Because Lyft is letting their pink members have this perk. Well, what is Lyft doing for Grubhub? Because Grubhub's offering the free rides. So, Um. okay on election day November 3rd in most cities most big cities anyway uber is offering uh, free meals from food trucks that they will be placing at all voting locations in select cities and this when I say select cities sometimes that means next to none it's really a ton of cities that are doing this um, uber doesn't have food trucks so I'm wondering if they're like literally renting food trucks in each city and telling them to go over there and feed people or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't find those kind of details. It didn't. It didn't sound like an Uber Eats production. Um, so we'll see. But uh, I'm definitely gonna drive around that day and um, stop at probably you know a polling station if it has to be mine if for any reason the food truck, I'll go to mine first for breakfast and then I'll try a different one for lunch and then a different one for dinner and then a different one for second dinner later that night <laughs> and see if I can give four free meals from food trucks. <laughs> so my point being, uh, if you even if you've already voted by mail, if you're going to vote by mail, um, you might want to go down to your local, uh, voting, uh, polling, sta- uh, you, um, voting location, and uh on election day and just to get your free meal (laughs) who knows what it might be i mean might be good food trucks we have good ones here in colorado so uh also on our radar definitely be following up last week i actually made a call to see if i could get a little more information um it was supposed to start next monday and i'm glad i called because it's all state insurance um uh, to be next Monday, but it actually was today. And all state insurance is now providing commercial auto insurance to lift drivers in eight states. And that's as of today. Those states are a test and they're gonna see how until the uh, um um or I don't know how long, maybe a quarter, maybe longer, whatever. They're going to see how these eight states go, so I'll read them off real quick, alphabetical. Uh, California, Iowa, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Missouri, Ohio, and West Virginia, you guys uh, all can call Allstate to get a bid on uh, commercial auto insurance. And that brings me to the last thing that actually, it's a, this is a great point to cut. So this is the last thing I'm going to bring up tonight. So a few weeks back, we were going to have on a couple different people, um, and I had to cancel some. And we had uh, BidBud app, um, a new gig worker app out of Washington State. We had to, we had to push that. We we did end up having them on a few weeks back. Um, we had another one on. There were There were three other ones that got pushed that we just kind of said we'll get them done later. Next month, we will be doing one of those. Uh, I've had a relationship basically since I've seen their presence on social media, which was about the same time, not that much longer, after they opened up in Chicago. Uh, There's a company called Legal Rideshare. Probably a lot of you have heard of it. If you haven't... um, they are based in Chicago. However, they're all over social media. And they really, uh, um, so Brian and the team over there, they really do take the time to talk to drivers for a few minutes, hear what happened to you, and uh, assess your situation, maybe help you find a lawyer in your area um, after hearing it that would best represent that. Or helping you from there, or whatever. Um, they have fair rates. They're good people. I've communicated with them for a while. We wanted to have them on the podcast, <clears throat> but as things work, I'm kind of glad we didn't. Because when I wanted to have them on the podcast, I wanted to go over one thing that they've done before, but I wanted to do it in this age of uh, COVID because I wanted to go. I want to go over with them on the podcast the three phases of insurance while working on the platform now when i first approached them and we had already had a working relationship where we talk and uh text or dm on twitter whatever but when i first approached them it was about that and they said well we've already done and i said i want to put a little different twist on it well now i want to have that when they're on i first want to discuss discuss commercial auto insurance because a few things have happened um a lot of the veteran drivers I know from six years ago, if they're still driving, they know what's up. They have the right insurance um, for their need. If if they if you're a new driver and you watched the one minute video on how to do rideshare and then we're out on your own, um, whatever it is, basically commercial auto insurance ties into the three phases that I want to discuss with Legal Rideshare. Now these guys are great and they also take DMs. Um, you can find them at Legal Rideshare on Twitter and I know they have a Facebook presence. I don't know exactly what it is and probably other platforms, but um and I think they are just LegalRideShare.com. Um, Really great people, they'll talk to you. But I want to bring in the commercial auto insurance into the three phases because Folks, there are three phases. And during phase one, it's when you're waiting for a ping, it's on you. Two, you've accepted you're driving to them. You're in phase two. It's a weird breakdown. And then in phase three, the company has you after you have the passenger in the car. But the way it really works, um, well, that's why I want to have him on them on, on the podcast. So next month, we're going to be having them on. Uh, We're just trying to lock down the exact date. It'll be after the election. Obviously, that was one of the issues. Um, So they'll be on here. We'll talk about commercial auto insurance as it ties to the three phases, how those three phases work, what you need to know as a rideshare driver in those three phases. And then I'm going to bring in a little different twist here at the end too because I haven't heard him discuss how the three phases convert to – app-based delivery and app-based, uh, grocery space, uh, services. So like Instacart or Uber Eats, DoorDash, um, Grubhub, you know, like how does, how does the three phases translate to those? Cause those might not have a three phase. So again, uh, Or maybe they do. I'm just thinking of groceries. Maybe it does. Maybe even food does, I guess. I mean, if you want to... But you don't have a person in the car ever, even during the third... I don't know. I would just... This is something we're going to discuss with them. And if you are very unsure about insurance and how it works for TNC, um, Uber, Lyft, uh, or other rideshare platforms that might be in your area, um, remember that these... These rideshare apps want to get you background checked um once you're cleared, they want to get you out on the road, even if they have a ton of drivers they want more so they they want you out on the road. um The training videos are a joke i mean i mean I guess it helps in the sense that. It shows you how to pick up a ride and hit a button on your phone and how to hit another button on your phone when the ride's over. It doesn't tell you, like most hospitality type training videos would, how to treat customers, how to defuse a problem, um, you know, are you allowed to carry a weapon, all that kind of stuff. So, anyway, we'll have Legal Rideshare on here. Those guys are great and they'll give us a great breakdown. Other than that, you guys. Um, I don't know, I don't even know what to tell you um have a good week uh hit me up uh with an email if you got any stories you want me to pursue um you know we might we might have a few light weeks here until the election um then I'm sure the week before the election and the week after we're gonna have big weeks because of whatever happens with a b five proposition twenty two in California that is gonna be quite a story for a while um and we will obviously start off every i'll start off every week with what's what's going on other than that and then i'll move into that because obviously it's not just the decision and it's done it's will they play ball will they stay in california if it if proposition 22 gets overturned will they leave california uber and lyft um if it's yes, how will it be handled? If it's no, does AB five get abolished after all the carve outs? Um, it's just a lot going on, um, but the news might be a little light the next two weeks. So, but I'll make sure to maybe I'll try the, I'm going to try my best to bring in some fun news or good Samaritan type stories or things of that nature. Since the next two after the next two weeks, it could get a little ugly, and we know the general news for the next two weeks is going to be super ugly because. Folks, it's mudslinging season for the politicians, so we all know what that means. Um, stay away from the news as much as possible. Obviously, keep up on the things you want to, but um, you know, listen to music, even whatever breaks your mold. You know, do something else. If you watch the news, even if it's not consistently, if you just watch a few times during the day, if you tune in here, you know, maybe find a different way. Maybe maybe switch over to newspaper for a couple weeks, you know, (laughs) I don't know, you know, um, try something different maybe though a little bit, stay offline a little bit, stay off the TV because it's going to be, uh, an ugly ride to November 3rd. I'm feeling it in my bones. That said, hope you're all great. Hope you're all awesome. Hope you're all amazing. And, uh, I'll see you back, ne- back here next week on the Rideshare Rodeo. Peace!